Welcome to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture. Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question... Does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood? I'm Megan. And I'm Steve. And this is our second bonus episode. Bonus holiday bonus episodes. (laughs) We are... So excited. We're doing Easter candy in the month of April, and we decided for Easter to take a break from our normal schedule. Um, Normally, we watch a cartoon, and then a live action show, and then a movie. And um, our cycle right now, we watched Alvin and the Chipmunks, and then the A-Team, and then we're going to talk about a fan request, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um... Which a fan requested that for Easter, and we thought about doing that for our bonus episode, but then we were like, um... (laughs) Yeah, we came up with a little bit of a different one. We like to try to pull something different, although those of you who haven't heard our first bonus episode, go back and listen to Leprechaun, Leprechaun. the movie which we did for St. Patrick's Day. Which is totally different than our Easter pick. Completely different. So today we're talking about the show Superbook. And I don't know if many of our listeners will have seen that, but that's a show that I grew up with, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But we thought, um, Steve and I are both Christians, and we thought about a couple different things for Easter. There were some Rankin and Bass specials. Maybe we'll do those next year that all feature the Easter Bunny. Yeah, but we I just we wanted we wanted to kind of stay away from just doing the obvious Easter Bunny and kind of really hit on the message of Easter. So we wanted to try to do something a little bit closer to. Easter's Christian roots, especially Jesus. And so that's what we're going to kind of touch on. Although we do do a little play to classical Easter bunny with our snack review, which with is coming snack. up soon. I was just going to say, we're going to talk about the message of Easter and then eat a, eat a yeah. chocolate bunny. Um, but we found we found Superbook on YouTube. We did. And um, the CBN network is what owns Superbook right now. They're the ones that initially put it out. And they also put out the reboot. So the original is from 1981-82. And then they did a second series um, in 83. They also have the show Flying House, which we didn't have time to talk about. But it's very similar. And then they did the reboot in 2011. And all of those are free on YouTube. So we'll link them on our blog on StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. We have a page called Watch With Us. And that's where you can find those episodes. But before we talk about those... We're getting into our snack. Okay, now here's the deal. (laughs) The Chocolate Bunny... I don't have any real fun facts about... This is a classic Easter tradition treat, right? Yes. So... Here's the thing. I kind of cheated a little bit because when I went to this store, I have not... Oh, I did eat a chocolate bunny since my childhood because Steve, one year, the first year we were married, Steve bought me a chocolate bunny that was like two feet tall. And I was like, that's crazy. And then I very slowly through through the month of either March or April, I ate the whole thing. (laughs) But that bunny was really good. Most chocolate bunnies are done with really cheap chocolate. And um, my mom always says, shout out to Karen. My mom always says that if you're going to eat chocolate, eat good chocolate. So I got us a Russell Stover's bunny. And it's peanut butter chocolate. So the chocolate bunny originated in mid-19th century in Germany. Oh, okay. Um, But it gained mass appeal in 1890. When American shop owner Robert, I want to get this right, 
Strohecker created a five-foot chocolate bunny to put in the window of his drugstore as an Easter promotion. Nice. And that's when people were like, oh, chocolate bunnies. And then they began selling more in the United States. My thing as a kid is that, so we lived in the Buffalo area, mm-hmm. and there was this chocolate shop over on Grand Island, so it took a quite a while for us to get there, but we used to go there. And they had like unique molds, so they would like they were the first chocolate shop that I knew of that had yeah crack that open yeah I'm going you keep keep on talking um and I never had had white cho- heads or tails I'll take the head there oh okay I'm pausing in my story I thought this was peanut butter chocolate but it's peanut it's butter peanut butter filled chocolate well, what I was gonna say is that what I liked about this place in Grand Island is that you could get solid bunnies. Whereas most of the ones you got in the store were hollow, which made me angry because I, even as a kid, I was like, we're being ripped off here. <laughs> that one I got you was hollow, but it had but to be because huge. it was like two or three feet tall. Yeah, that's different than getting like a, a two inch one that is hollow inside. Yeah. All right. They're um, pretty good. It's been a while since I think I might have eaten a little bit of that with you, but it's been a while since I've had one. We used to have chocolate bunnies quite a bit around Easter as a kid. So I remember doing that. You know, we used to eat, get chocolate bunnies and things like that, depending whether it was the Easter basket or something like that. Now, um, did your did your mom hide your Easter basket? No, but they were put out, so we saw them when we woke up in the morning. Okay, we had to hunt for ours. So I grew up in a Christian home. Did you guys go to church on Sunday? Did you go to mass? Easter, we definitely did. Yeah. Right. Well, I shouldn't talk while I eat. <laughs> So my mom and my dad would hide our baskets. And we have a joke that they were always in the oven. <laughs> because one year I remember they hid them in the in the um, washing machine. And, and Tim's, I think, was in the dryer. But many years... They were... Well, there's not a lot of space where you can hide a basket. <laughs> no, exactly. But we, um, we used to have so much fun. And then we started... Both my parents are teachers. So actually many times we ended up going to church for Easter wherever we happened to be on vacation. Because a lot of times, especially if both of them had two weeks for Easter, not just 10 days, mm-hmm. oftentimes we would go someplace. So we ended up going to church in like Myrtle Beach. And then, and then it was fun because you're in like a hotel room where you're You're, you're somewhere hide. you don't know the places. So but also where are you going to hide in right. like a hotel, you know. That kind of thing, but um, yeah, such good, such good memories. I know some people who got like crazy Easter baskets, like they'd get like clothes and like presents, like it was Christmas. Oh yeah, we used to try to. Uh, my parents, we we get can- some candy and stuff, but they used to get us some like gift kind of things, so it wasn't just all sweets. So we used to get like maybe a movie or a video a game or a, a toy or like a you know like a baseball hat or something there was always some kind of stuff kind of involved in it so it was a little it wasn't just candy it was stuff you could use kind of thing so this bunny is russell stover's and i have to say a lot of times the russell stover's boxed candy i've had before sometimes the filling in those is too sweet this is really good yeah this is very good so the chocolate is good and but i also the peanut butter is better than the it's better than a reese cup i think i don't know about that but it is pretty good it's it's, it's definitely got that candy peanut butter feel to it but mm-hmm. I, I i'm a reese's peanut butter fan so but it is it is pretty good um, so out of five crosses. Oh, no, I can't do that. No, no, no. Well, I feel bad cutting no. a dove in half. Eggs. We'll do eggs. Three. Mm. Just go with it. We're doing Cadbury eggs for, um. I don't know. All we right. We did Cadbury eggs for the A-team, so. I'm doing this under duress. <laughs> out of five eggs. Okay. 
How many would you do? I do five. This is delicious. I give it. I give it four. Yeah. I have to say too. I got this like pretty cheap on sale for Easter candy. Mm-hmm. The chocolate is very rich. I don't think I can finish my little bit of it here. Um. Yeah. So f- okay. Sound effect. So four and a half eggs out of five. Four and a half eggs. For the Russell Stover's chocolate or peanut butter filled chocolate Delightful. If I can find the exact rabbit that we had, I'll link it on our blog for people. I'd like to link the snack. If I can't, what I'll do is um, they have a lot of recipes online for how to make your own chocolate bunnies. Mm -hmm. So I can link that too. All right. So let's jump into Superbook. Superbook. Summary of Superbook. Um, Superbook is a cartoon that was first came out in 1981. It had a it had a two season run of 52 episodes, 26 per season, from 1981 to 83. But I'll let you get more into that for the history. Mm-hmm. As far as summary goes, it's a young boy, Chris, his friend Joy, and his robot. Well, in the initial run, it was like a toy robot. Gizmo, and there was Superbook, which was basically a Bible that would open up and talk, and they would transport the three of them to biblical stories. So they would kind of live through and watch. Um, A lot of it seemed to be, there was a little engagement on their part, but a lot of it seemed to be like they were observing, for the most part, um, these biblical stories. Um, and usually, what 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 I kind of enjoyed about it was usually not only is it just like, hey, today we're doing, you know, the flood, but there was a reason Superbook transported them, right? Like, I want to teach, teach you about caring, or I want to teach you about, and there was a yeah. theme, and then it transported, and they got to see it, and then they got transported home. Yeah, they kind of bookend it with a problem at home in our world in now times yes in in contemporary times and then they travel back and then they come back and then they fix the problem or they learn a lesson yeah and chris or joy no it seems like most normally chris but chris joy has as many issues Chris or joy what basically they learn something from the biblical story that is applicable to the problem that they're dealing with back yes exactly which is really great because it kind of teaches not only does it teach kids the bible stories but it's also helping to do application to their own lives. And I like that. Yeah, so we watched three episodes. We watched two from the 1980s series, and then we watched one from the 2011 reboot. Or, well, the reboot, yeah. yep. Um, so the first episode we watched was episode three, The Flood. The second one we watched was um, episode... The best News Yet. Episode 14, The Best News Yet. Yep. And then of the reboot, we watched season two, episode six, John the Baptist. So, okay, those are the three episodes we watched, but now we're going to talk a little bit about the history. Okay, so Superbook, as I mentioned a little bit before, first started in 1981. It was two seasons long, 26 episodes a season, which is pretty substantial. So they did 52 episodes in the first run. Um, But it just ran 1981 to 82, 82 to 83. Um, then they took quite a hiatus. Now, you'd mentioned there was the Flying House, which was a companion. That actually happened in between the two first oh, runs. Oh, interesting. So they okay. did the first season, then they did Flying House, then they did the second season. Okay. Um, then they do another season of Flying House, maybe? It's possible. I don't know okay. as much about that. So then we have a big gap, and in 2011, um, the... CBN, 
who who produces it, Christian Broadcasting Network, they decided to reboot it, which is the second run or is what's often called Superbook Reimagined. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so you have this whole second run of Superbook, and that's gone five seasons. It's still in production. Season five ended in 2021, but they're doing another. Yeah, and the, the 1980s version is anime because it was done in conjunction with a Japanese studio. Mm-hmm. This is actually the same Japanese studio that did Speed Racer. That I, makes sense. Because it shows, right? Yes. The character of Chris looks a lot like Speed Racer. The newer version is CGI. It is. Yes, it is CGI. And I would call it medium quality CGI. Yeah, it's, it's, it didn't look so terrible. Well, we'll get into it. It wasn't terrible, yeah. We'll but, um, but anyway. And still done in conjunction with Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, it, okay. The new season, the new, new ones as well. So basically, you know, the Christian Broadcasting Network, one of their goals was to reach, they were expanding internationally. And they wanted specifically to reach countries where where Christians are being oppressed or where there's not as much biblical literacy, like that kind of thing. So they're trying to, they're using this as like evangelism and outreach. Yes. And in Japan, this aired during prime time. Really? And according to them, they had like at 1.8 million people watching it at night, which is quite a lot. Yeah, that's huge. then... Um, a number of years later, different people are com- like coming to them and they were trying to get a hold in the Soviet Union. Um, or rather, I think by that point, possibly Russia. Russia, but just Russia. Yes. Like, what I mean by not just only Russia, I mean Russia had just become Russia. <laughs> right, Soviet Union had disbanded, yes, so they were looking right. at the actual new so, country of Russia. So 1989, mm-hmm. right? Um so around the time of the dissolution of the Soviet Union. So basically what happened is that the networks that they were trying to get programming in, they were like, we're not allowed to show some of your programming. Mm-hmm. But do you have anything for kids? And when they showed, they were like, well, we don't really do stuff for kids. But we have this show from like six years ago. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that um, that we we have fifty two episodes, and then they also had the Flying House, right? Mm-hmm. And so they showed it in Russia, and they got millions of letters from Russian kids, and they thought that basically the the people who were controlling the media at that time, well, first of all, the media control after the fall of the Berlin Wall kind of eased up a little bit. Yeah. They had a little bit more behind the Iron Curtain. But they probably weren't watching kids' shows as well, much, Well, that's right? the other thing. Yeah. They didn't Because it was animated, they didn't, they really didn't think pay about attention it. because mm-hmm. they thought it wasn't going to be um, like as bad. But Whereas CBN, I mean, their major contribution is the 700 Club. Right. Which that's I can see not flying Russia. over there. Yeah. No, they're not going to show that in Russia. So basically... Um, what they said is they tried to be like culturally sensitive in the reboot, at least, mm-hmm. that they intended the reboot to be a show for all the nations because that's what happened with the first version. Once it got picked up in Russia, they just started overdubbing it in all these different languages and then it spread throughout the world. But again, it's like like eight, nine years after it had yeah. originally aired. So I can understand with the reboot... They said um, the colors that they use, they're very careful, like that they don't just use like kind of 
colors that are in more American shows. We never see them using knives and forks because we don't want it to be westernized. Yeah, it was very, they did a good job of, it, it looks very generic. Not in a bad way, but in a way where, like, you're right, it could be in any kind of country. Right. And even in the first one, every episode started with the house around the corner and down the street. Yes. Like, it could be in any kind of neighborhood or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, so it's kind of it's, it's kind of interesting to me. But I have this great article from Vision Christian Radio, the story behind Superbook. It goes a lot more detail than we can right here. Um, it goes into a lot of detail, and I'm going to link it on the blog because it really is a fascinating read about how they tried to use this show to spread the gospel and how it worked. Now, I will say one of the things in this article is like, and and after Superbook, so many people watched on Japanese television, the Bible became the best-selling book in Japan. And I'm like, I don't know if correlation equals causation there, but it's an interesting because if a lot of kids want it. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't know that there's evidence that necessarily is connected, but it could have been a contributing factor. I mean, you are talking about 80s and 90s. There's also a, a push in missionary work in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, the kids are watching that. And how many kids are watching it if it's prime time and their parents sit there and watch it with them? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a great introducer to the Bible for someone who, you know, who doesn't know Bible stories. And I will say this, too, about Japan in the 1980s, that, you know, for people our age, it's kind of hard to put in perspective. I think people like our parents' age have a better understanding. They make a joke about it in Back to the Future because, you know, Japan was part of the Axis powers during World War mm-hmm. II. So they really took a long time to kind of almost recreate themselves as a as a nation and then they came out this is the explosion of technology right in the 80s and them um realizing that's an opportunity that was when like you know in back to the future marty mcfly says all the best stuff's made in japan right so that's the japan we know but I think this is part of that renaissance. That's they, my point. They rebranded that, yeah. themselves They're really. Globalizing. They rebranded themselves really almost as a Western country. You think of Japan, Korea, China, but they rebranded themselves after World War II and coming into the 80s and 90s even as very Americanistic and very Western. Yeah, and so I think that this show kind of reflects that globalization a little bit. Mm-hmm. The globalization of Asia and the globalization of the world at that point, you know, because of television and then and then computers and then video games and then the internet that we became more connected as a world. So that is us pontificating on the <laughs> the changes of the 1980s. We're gonna take a brief break and when we come back We will talk about our memories, if we have them, and then we'll get into the full review and recap. This podcast is supported by its creators. And listeners like you. Help keep our show ad-free by visiting our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. There you can find links to our social media. And this very podcast you're currently listening to. Both Megan and I are authors, and you can find links to our books on our About page. And on our Watch With Us page, you can find videos and links for all the shows and movies we discuss on the podcast. And more importantly, links to buy the nostalgic snacks we review as well. We also post bonus content about once a month. So like, subscribe, and follow. For a small independent podcast like ours, it really does make a difference. Thanks. And now back to the show. 
Okay, we are back. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm Megan. And I'm Steve. Just in case you forgot. <laughs> for the for the 10 people who listen to us regularly. So we are going to jump into memories. So this is kind of easy. I have no memories of Superbook. I never saw it as a child. I didn't even know it existed until recently when you said we could do Superbook. And I had no idea what this was. And then watched it for the, for this podcast. But you do have memories. So yeah. tell me about it. So the thing about Superbook is there were a ton of cartoons Saturday morning right not a ton of cartoons sunday morning and sunday morning like cbs had like the sunday morning show Mm -hmm. like it's a lot of programming for adults and even growing up we didn't have cable and half of our tv was from canada yeah (laughs) so we had like six stations um and the thing about this show is that it would play along with a show we're never going to recap which is davy and goliath have you ever seen that show i have not it's claymation. Oh, okay. I don't like it, so we're never going to recap it. But yeah, so Davy and Goliath and Superbook and Flying House would play Sunday morning. So we went to church every week, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. during the school year, we had 9 o'clock Sunday school and then 10 o'clock church. Okay. So this was on at like 7 in the morning. So you know how little kids are? Like they get up early because they get, get up, up early. You get up and you have breakfast while you eat cereal while you're watching cartoons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and um, I rarely saw a full episode because we'd have to leave for church. Okay. <laughs> but I was always excited when it was Super Booker Flying House. And I never realized that there were only 52 episodes. Because again, as a kid, you know, I probably, I might have caught a full episode in the summer Mm-hmm. You know, well, they could literally play once a week and go the whole year and go the whole year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's true. I remember watching it like probably around the time it was in Russia. Right. So my brother would watch this with me and we used to laugh because this was the only anime show we ever ever seen were these two shows, Flying House and Superbook. And Tim calls it Marshmallow Mouth when they talk, because <laughs> if you've seen this style of 80s anime, um, like if you've seen Speed Racer, they have a white, almost like bar across their mouth for their teeth. Yeah. And because it's dubbed, it doesn't always sync up. And right. he's so, so sometimes like we'd be making spores and Tim be like, who am I? You know, with marshmallows. And I'd be like, oh, you're super buck. The other thing is... Uh, we specifically did not watch season two because season two of Superbook changes where the, the the book falls onto a computer that Chris and Joy can see everything from the computer, but his younger brother or cousin, depending on which episode it is, mm-hmm. Uriah and the dog, Ruffles, yes. get lost in time. And so they're going through all these biblical stories and the the little kid is annoying, so yeah. I specifically didn't it was want super to watch. book. It was super book. Um, search for ruffles yes. and return to the twentieth century was the name of the second season, <laughs> yes. which I didn't understand until you just said that. Yeah, so ruffles gets lost in time. Uriah jumps in after her, and then Chris and Joy are like, "We're not going to jump in and help you. We're just going to watch." Well, from apparently, the no one, including the producers, cared about Uriah because he's not even in the title. It's the search for ruffles. No one cares that the cousin is gone. Yeah. And Flying House, 
they have different names, but it's essentially the same setup. They have a robot who looks startlingly like Gizmo in okay. this. Um, and they have a boy and a girl and then their younger brother, which is, I think, Corky. But that that the setup for that is that they're in a storm. They run into this house for shelter and this professor is there and it's a flying house and like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz gets sucked up into the storm and then it goes through right. biblical stories. So it's very similar. Um, but yeah, so my basically my memories of this are trying to watch a full episode and then having to get ready for church mm-hmm. <laughs> and then putting on, depending on the season, very itchy wool tights. Yes. Or a fun Easter hat. I was super into hats as a kid. So, but yeah, that's basically that's basically my memory. Um, so let's get into our let's get into the review then. Review. So the we 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 looked at three episodes. The first episode was the flood. Um, it was interesting. Chris Gizmo and Joy, as always, are sucked in. Superbook says we're going to teach about caring because he doesn't care about doing his homework. About doing his homework. And he does, and Joy says, you don't care about anything. Your father's right. And the book says, it's time you learned a lesson about caring. And then it sucks them into Noah's time. Into Noah's time. As the ark is finished and people are mocking Noah and telling him he's crazy and how's he going to get this boat to water because there's no water in the area. Yeah. Um, Now, Gizmo is a toy in the real world and then he becomes bigger when they're sucked into the Yes, he's a toy in the real world. He becomes an actual, like, robot the size of both of them. Now, this is is where some of my confusion first initiated. (laughs) Gizmo is is described as the crusading robot. Uh Uh-huh. But he disturbingly looks dressed like he's from the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) Steve has so many comments on this show. He was like, but wait, what? And then he's like, I'm saving it for the podcast. Yeah, he's dressed kind of, he's supposed to be a little wind-up toy. Yes, but then he becomes like this robot. But he also says, I'm your protector. But instead, like, but I, he has a cross on on him, like a, a cross across his chest. Yeah. So I understand crusading robot kind of, but crusading you would think he'd be more built almost like he's in like... A, a, like a suit of armor yeah but instead he has like a flat brimmed round hat very much like the inquisition almost a collar like he almost he looks like he's from the wrong set of hundreds of years i didn't think we were going to talk about the spanish inquisition on this podcast we, we, we wouldn't have gone there except for gizmo the globalization of japan after world war ii yeah we're really going hitting on some some we really are points. yeah i don't think that was the intent i think he's just supposed to look like a funny kind of little but robot. the other thing too is again keep in mind it's being animated by people in Japan who don't necessarily know Western history as much. Well, and it's also su- not supposed to look Western, totally. Right, right. right? So they're like, oh, he's a crusading robot. We'll give him a cross okay. on his chest and a hat. Speaking like- <laughs> of which, while we're talking about clothes, though, of, of Gizmo, can we talk about Joy's outfit? Because Joy is wearing a dress that is so short, it really should be a shirt. Like she I didn't heard, notice oh that. Oh my goodness, it was very upsetting to me. Um, yes, but anyway, they're transported to the time of Noah, um, and Noah looks at them and they're like, we're from the future. And Noah's like, that means that God will repopulate the earth. Yeah. So that's kind of... I like that. I also liked when they're transported, 
the Superbook says if you believe, all things are possible, and then he yeah. transports them. Yeah, I'm. Su- I was surprised that they interacted directly with Noah, but I guess you can't. They can't just like hide on the ark and be stowaways and observe yeah. things. Because um, it mentions they're on the ark for like six months. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. And then they come back and they're... That's a long time to be gone. <laughs> yeah, that is a long time to be gone. I mean, I, I don't yeah. want to skip over what you said. I, I want to just go back to it. I think, yeah, there's definitely... There are a number of messages beyond just you should care about things, which I thought was a really... I, I didn't get fully the connection between Noah and caring about your homework. I think the yeah. other episode made the connection a lot better. Yeah. This this episode probably could have been connected more with faith. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, or doing something when people make fun of you. Yes. You know, because that's really the lesson that they learn. Persistence. Um, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a few there's a few lessons you could have gone right this way. Some of the dialogue is so cheesy. Um, they come up into the ark, and he's like, okay, you're from the future. I'll, I'll rescue you as well. You can be on the ark with me. And they walk in, and they're like, wowee! The animals aren't even in cages! As the, as the crowd is mocking Noah, Noah says to them, God's going to destroy you. And one of the ladies says, spoil sport. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't seem like an appropriate response. <laughs> so funny i wrote that one down too um yeah so then they a dove lands on joy and a raven lands on chris and they name the raven caw so he can say his name so he can say his name which is cool and then joy goes i'll name you the dove of peace and i'm like it's not a name joy and the dove looks at her like i can't pronounce that <laughs> yeah, I, can't. <laughs> I thought they were gonna name the dove coo yeah that's like, what i thought coo, coo. But no, they don't. Um, so then everybody is out there partying. I thought that they did this in a really interesting way because, in a very careful way, because, you know, there's supposed to be quite a bit of, like... Debauchery and sin going on. Yeah, debauchery and sin. And is so the way of them doing it was basically, they're all partying. Yeah. yeah, I thought that that was a really good way to do it for kids. The debauchery is basically they're having a bonfire, they're eating a lot, they're drinking something. You can't yeah. quite, I mean, it's clearly wine, but yeah. I don't think a kid would necessarily At one know point, that. one of the women is like, I'm the greatest ever. Like, yeah. they're, they're basically showing that they're, But I yeah. think that they did that in a, in a way that was appropriate for kids. I um, thought so, too. They... They have at certain points, and this was really important to CBN, and I didn't say it in the history part, but at certain points they have characters um, speaking words directly from the Bible. So they're they're basically their di- their the verses have been turned into dialogue. Sometimes they have a narrator speaking the verses of the Bible. So especially when time passes. So as Steve said, they're there for six months, right? Yes. Um, so while the time is passing, um, the narrator is talking and that was important to them because a lot of the areas where this played, you know, including we talked about even Japan at that time, um, you know, now 
countries with free, you know, open internet mm-hmm. can go and look up a Bible verse, but countries with closed cannot. And and especially at that time, you know, people were like sneaking Bibles into China yeah. or pages of them or memorizing pages and then going in and like writing them right. down. So this is a way that kids could get the direct exact, you know, verse straight from the Bible yes. where it's, it's, I thought that that was really interesting to the way that they did that. Um, I liked, too, that when the water starts coming, it came up from under the earth. Yes. And not just rain. That is in the Bible. And yeah. in most depictions of this that I've seen, that does not it's happen. Rain, it's right. just rain. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, too. So, And then, of course, the, the story plays out. I'm not going to get into it. If you want to, if you're like, well, what happened next, Steve? Go get your Bible or buy one and open Genesis. to Genesis. <laughs> And read the story of Noah and the flood because it, it does. I'm not going to spoil it, okay? But it does go along with that. Um, and then, of course, they kind of learn the lesson, and Superbook returns them home, and they find they're like he's to his dad. He's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. You must be so worried. We've been gone for six months." And his dad's like, "You've been gone. You've been sleeping for like an hour. Like you must have fallen asleep," yeah. which was neat because the whole time I'm thinking. They've been gone like six months. No, they do Narnia rules. Yeah, it's Narnia rules, which is great. <laughs> the time um, you come back and it's only been a couple minutes or it's been an hour. So that leads us into the second episode, which really is we chose because of Easter. Yeah, this is our right? Easter episode. Which is the best news yet. It was episode 14, which means it was in the first season still. Yeah. Um, and of course, Chris, Joy, and Gizmo go to Jerusalem. They're transported to Jerusalem. Um, by Superbook in the last few days of Jesus. So the tag for this, the book ends, the beginning he starts off with um, his mom's just come home. She's been away for a long time, and he's but he's looking all over the house for her. So he sees signs that his mom's back. Yes. Of she left him donuts, she cleaned his room, um, all of that kind of thing, but he can't actually find his mom. And then Superbook's like... Uh, you're not going to find your mom right now. We're going, we're going to Jerusalem. So, um, what The thing is, though, it showed them the tomb. And Joyce, or Joy, sorry, Joy goes, is that a cave? And then Chris says, no, it's a tomb. And, and then the book says, it's actually both. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, it's an empty tomb. Um, and so then, that, then it brings them into the story. I don't know that kids would know the word tomb. I don't know if they would know but what they, that it's is. Ex, but it's explained to them during yeah, the story, they so have, I like they that. They have some things like that, like Passover is mm-hmm. here too, where I will say this, this episode, it, it's 24 minutes without commercials. Um, I don't think CBN has exactly commercials, but they have like things at the beginning and the end of shows, <sighs> like for, for sponsors or whatever. But it's 24 minutes they, man, it they, they went very quickly. Like, boom, 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 Well, boom, they boom. jump. Yeah, they pick up, I mean, uh, they pick up with Judas betraying Jesus. Which was an interesting place to start. Yeah, it was. And then the Garden of Gethsemane, and then the Last, or the last Supper, then the Garden, then the Trial. I mean, they move it through quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, for kids, too. And they do, you know, they did selective editing, which I didn't mind for kids. Because, like, they do, they just skip out of Jesus being beaten. 
Yes. You see him carrying his cross, yes. but they, they skip out of the scourging yeah. and the mocking and the beating. They also, they show three crosses on the hill, but they don't actually show the crucifixion. Yes, which so, I was wondering about yeah. too. And then they show the sky going red and the earthquake mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, I did like too, they start with, um, to start out Holy Week basically, well, they don't show like the procession, but to start out Passover yeah. and, and um, the last days of Jesus' life, they, um, they show him healing a blind woman and then we move up to Caiaphas who is watching with another leader and they're plotting. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was a good choice because... It's showing you the kids' perspective of what's happening. And then also, well, here's what else is going on. Yeah. Right? And then we see them behind closed doors. The kids are um, eavesdropping and they want to protect Jesus and let him know, but they can't make it there in time, basically. And then they see the Last Supper. Then we go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Again, as Steve said, very quickly. And then we go before Pilate. Now, the way that Pilate is animated... It wasn't great. It's not a great depiction, which I realized. They made some choices. Well, I will say this. So the kids... You know, we talked about Speed Racer. We didn't mention this with the other episode. The kids are done in this very Japanese anime style. Mm -hmm. The biblical figures are not. Right. They have smaller eyes in that, like old anime like mm-hmm. big eyes marshmallow mouth <laughs> right they don't have that they're done a little bit more realistically um and the crowd scenes you can kind of tell it's some cheap animation you know mm-hmm. they're making these uh 26 in a in a year for animation is a, a lot mm-hmm. so relatively quickly they bar- they apparently thought that during jesus's lifespan um mustaches were really big in Jerusalem. Yeah, they have a lot of beards. And I was mustaches. like, they do have a lot of beards, which I'm like, I dig the beard, but I'm like, I don't think mustache was that big of a popular trend. Pilot is about three times the width of any other character. Yeah. and has, I thought at first that was going to be Herod. I thought so, that too. that would have made more sense to me. I thought so, too. Yeah. And he also has what I call fish lips. Yes. Like he has, like, really... It's a very... It, they made some choices there that were Thank interesting. Um, but they they do, again, what I liked. They keep things very true to the story. Now, obviously, they don't have every single thing in there. They no. don't show him going to Herod and then coming back and all of that. But um, they do... They do depict, before the crucifixion, they depict Peter's denial yep. of Jesus. Um, and and then they have the kids going to see the tomb the morning of the third day. I don't know what they've been doing the whole time or where they've been sleeping. For three days, no. But yeah, they go to see it and they see the, they see the women show up at the tomb. It's empty. So that was a good choice, too, because, again, I thought that the kids were going to have more interference. And I thought that the kids were going to be the ones to go to the tomb, see the stone, and talk to the angel. But they weren't. So the only I thought that interference was they really had was they tried to warn Jesus at the garden. And Jesus talks to them a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. And Jesus um, is like, no, this has just got to be, right? And then and he sends them off. Yeah, and when he has the cross, he tells them he'll see them again. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like, we should help him. Um, yeah, so I thought it, it was a little bit different than what I remember. And I might be remembering 
Flying House because Flying House is pretty much just in the New Testament. Okay. So I think that in that one, I feel like they they were like, it's Jesus again, and they yeah. like went up and talked to him more. Um, but uh, here we more see like if you're a kid watching it, you're watching the kids watch what's happening. So. But this was a good twenty-four minute animation of Easter, and yeah. I think it was great. It showed yeah. Jesus's death. It showed his persecution, his death, his resurrection, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then it shows him teaching again, and then it shows him ascend. And the Great Commission is read word for word. The Great Commission again is word for Bible. word. And I think this is so important because, you know, we have so many, there's a lot of Christmas stuff, and of course, a lot of Christmas stuff is Santa Claus, like the Easter Bunny and Easter. But there are also a lot of biblical, there's a lot of, I've seen cartoons and things with birth of Jesus. Yeah, nativity. Right? Nativity yeah. stuff. But, you know, and a lot of people overlook or forget the fact that Easter is the most important holiday, not Christmas, in the in the in a Christian calendar, right? Because it's the fact that Jesus died, was raised, and ascended to heaven. That's why we are who we are, right? Right. And so I really like that this this while it skipped a few little areas and it edited a little bit for kids, it really did a good job of hitting the keynotes. And I also think that the important piece of this because i kept thinking like oh but they're not really explaining why this is happening like why does jesus have to die that it's for our sins that because we're broken we can't do it ourselves we need god's help right but the piece that they kept the great commission that's jesus telling if you don't know that term um sorry (laughs) Um, to explain the great commission is jesus commissioning his disciples to go out into the world to spread God's message and to teach people how to have a relationship with God through him. Um, and make disciples of all nations. And make disciples of all nations, yeah. which is what the show is trying to do. That's exactly right? what the show is doing. Yeah. So then we come back um, after the Great Commission. They're pulled. They're like, oh, no, Jesus. And, they're, and Jesus ascends. And then the kids are pulled back into the modern time. Yes. And the mom is there. And I think that the parallel isn't completely there, but the idea that we saw signs that she was back, and now this kid's joy that his mother is home. Right. Right? And that comparison of Jesus and God being our father, and that he was back, and people were so excited that he was back, and that they saw these signs, but they didn't see him, and then they finally saw him. Right? So I think... um, I don't know if all kids watching this would make that full connection, but I think that um, I think it was really well done. Now, on the negative side, the kids themselves are a tiny bit annoying. Uh, I mean, a little bit. But a little bit. Yeah. Not. I will say this. I think if it had just taken place in the real, in not the real world, I think if it had just taken place in the '80s in their house, and mm. it was just like more of like a sitcom where you learn a Christian lesson, I think there's no way I would have watched that show. But I think really the vocals, I think it's just that what a little bit, um, the first episode we watched, it seemed like they changed the vocals a tiny bit by the time we watched the 14th episode. Mm -hmm. Gizmo was a different, I think same actors, but just tweaked the performance because they didn't annoy me in the second one they did the first one so then after that we backtrack (laughs) before easter well we jump we jump to the reboot the 2011 reboot which is 
Superbook or sometimes called Superbook Reimagined. And we decided to watch an episode. It was the second season, episode six. Yep. John the Baptist. Um, and again, we find Chris, Joy, and Gizmo. Now, this is a reboot, so it's meant, it's a number of, you know, as we said, it's almost almost 30 years later. Don't make me feel old. <laughs> right. Um, it is done in a little, it's done different animation. It's more CGI'd, mm. right? Um, there's been a little bit of updates. Now, Superbook is the Bible still, but it's not the physical Bible. It's actually a digital version. It's on like a drive that projects the Bible and then sucks them into it. Yeah, and the robot has a face that sometimes shows them different. Yes, and Gizmo's no longer a toy that turns into a robot. He's a robot that Chris's dad built. Because yes. now that's, I mean, it's not, it's still advanced, but it's not out of the realm, right? right? And it transports with them. Yeah, um, I, so the thing about this episode is, start, I will say this, surprisingly, a lot of times when we watch these reboots, we watch like four or five minutes to get a taste for it. We watch this whole episode. I will tell you this. I, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, I am strongly opposed to reboots. We watched Strawberry Shortcake, and I hated all the reboots. The He-Man. We watched He-Man, and one of the reboots was okay. One of them I hated. Yeah. Um, but I preferred the original. We watched G.I. Joe, oh, and I hated the reboots. Even though they tried to make them more up-to-date and yeah. CGI'd and all this kind of stuff. Um, that trend breaks here. Yeah. Because I have to tell you, I like the reboot a little bit better than the original. I watched, there are five seasons of this. I would watch every single season. I liked the reboot a lot. I liked the original too, the premise and things, but I thought the CGI was a much bigger step up in animation. Yeah. But besides that, there's the the filming of it is better. That's, There's different angles. Yep. Like in the John the Baptist, you see John the Baptist baptizing, and then the crowd starts to look, and you see the crowd turning from Jesus' perspective, and then the camera, and I put that in quotes, turns to show Jesus. I mean, it was really yeah. well done. I have to say this. So quality of animation in terms of just not the cinematography that Steve's talking about, yeah. but just the animation itself, it's medium. For a TV show... For a Christian network that's pretty much yeah. supported by donations, it's amazing. I thought it was really good. And part of the reason is, I forgot to do this in the history, but they worked with people who had worked on, at Disney. And some uh, of the people that worked with them had done Mulan, had done Lion King, okay. all of that. And you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. The, 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 the cinematography, you know, we talked about cinematography and animation with G.I. Joe. And I said they do a lot of cuts and a lot of angles because it's it's action. So they're moving yes. along. Here, I feel like they want you, part of it is the action, but part of it is to bring you into the world, to make you feel really like, even though it's animation, you are a part of this world, you are watching the biblical scenes play out. They, you know, Steve mentioned, um, so it begins not with them at home, but with this scene of Jesus being baptized. When Jesus walks into the water, John dunks him down into the water. You see John's face as Jesus goes into the water. Mm -hmm. And then the camera switches and you see Jesus' face. And they made it look 
Because baptism is supposed to be like a rebirth. Mm-hmm. They made Jesus look almost as if he was dead. Yeah. And then he comes up out of the water and there's a big gasp of air. Yep. They show the dove ascending. They show the crowd. The, it's the digital animation well of the dove was oh, really well done. Because a lot of times, this is the same as I said. It wasn't just a bird. It was definitely spiritual and, and supernatural. This is what I was going to say. That... Just like with Noah, where it was not just the rain, it was also water coming up from under the earth. Yeah. Um, here, every depiction I've ever seen of this just has a dove and maybe some like glare on the lens if it's live action. Right. This was, as Steve just said, very clearly the Holy Spirit. It is, uh, if you don't know the story... Um, a dove descends on Jesus, but it's really the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, right? Mm-hmm. And God's voice comes from the heavens mm-hmm. saying, this is my son with who I am well pleased. And it's showing that Jesus has the authority of God and that he's the son of God. You get that and with this. And that's verbatim. You get that with this. Yes, and it was for, it was very much and verbatim. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Then they jump to, they jump to the kids, right? Yes. And it's interesting because... There is a little tweak that was made here. In the original, it's Chris Gizmo and Joy. It still is here. Mm-hmm. But Chris's name is changed from Chris Paper to Chris Quantum. Well, it's a computer, though, as well. It's not a book. That's true, I guess. <laughs> um, I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay, that's a little different. And I thought it was interesting that Joy has a dress that's the appropriate length. Well, maybe someone else <laughs> made the same comment you did. Um but yeah, so they move there. Oh, wait, and I want to say too, the voices of the kids were a lot better than the first version. Yes. They really do sound like kids rather than adults pretending The quality to be kids. is the just quality a jump is anyway. just so much but, better. So they jump and we find that... Um, <laughs> so they jump in. This is my favorite. Like This is like a funny moment of a very serious episode. Mm-hmm. They jump in and they go, where are we? And then you hear somebody go, you brood of vipers. But well, before that, yes. But before that, before that, we jump back to their time. Yes, I'm sorry. And Chris has got this like VR game helmet, and his friend Sam borrowed it. And when he returns it, he downloaded, he illegally downloaded video games onto it that that you can't buy yet. And I really, what I liked about this is that they, I think they increased the age of the viewership here. Mm -hmm. I think this is. The original series, I would say, would be for kids like seven to ten. Yeah, I think here you can get like I you think can you go can to get 12, to twelve or even thirteen. More, yeah, I think um, these are kids who, when they're younger, are maybe watching Veggie Tales or they've just graduated from Veggie Tales. I got to say, this reboot is way better than the Veggie Tales reboot. Yeah, but um, the VR and the the bootleg. That's pretty relevant. Yeah, the relevant application that kids deal with. And I like that Joy is kind of as she always was in the original, too. It's sort of the voice of reason, and she's like, that's stealing. It doesn't matter. And he's like, You're not telling the truth. Yeah, he's like, well, Sam's my buddy. I don't want to do that. Right? And then, of course, Superbook opens up, and Superbook says, well, I'm going to take you to see a man who told the truth even when it could hurt him. And that's yeah. why we get... So that... Now that theme connected to this Bible story yes. was perfectly done. Yes. It, telling the truth, even if it means putting your life in danger. And yes. that, and, and really, it had less to do with stealing than it did telling his friend he didn't want the stolen stuff. Yes. So and that, that it was wrong, speaking which, up Which, again, 
that is something that is very hard to do. I have to say, even as an adult, if somebody gave me like a flash drive and they were like, hey, I downloaded all your favorite songs on here or whatever, I would be like, oh... Like, I would have a difficult time. Yeah. You'd it's, be like, it's... oh, and then, but luckily you'd have me, and I'd be like, you viper! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Steve would be the voice of reason there. But I think that it's a moral quandary that a lot of people find themselves in, right? And and digital downloading is is kind of a gray area for a lot of people. So we go through watching uh, John talk to people and tell them the truth. And then I was really surprised about what happened with Herod. Well, the Herod, you know, is interesting because this story it does have a little bit of more mature themes to it. And so I was kind of th- like wondering, how are they going to handle this? So Herod, um, can you explain kind of what in the Bible what happened there? Yeah, before that, I have one comment I want to make before I get into the story. Okay. Um, throughout all three of these episodes, both runs, you have at some points when the kids are engaging, and it doesn't happen a lot, but when they are, at some points, the people are like, oh, kids. Like the guards were like, oh, kids. Yeah. Right? No one ever comments on the robot. Yeah, I wondered. <laughs> but Which really would be out of place in biblical times. I wonder about that, too. At one point, they're hiding, and the robot has a glowing face, and it doesn't seem to attract any attention. <laughs> I don't know if the adults can't see the robot, or if the adults read the robot as another kid. But uh, also, you think about, like, you know, 20 AD or 30 AD, there's a robot. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'd be like, sorcery! And that's how Chris and Joy were burned at the stake. No! (laughs) Yeah, so nobody ever comments on it. Nobody comments in the old version either, but I feel like the robots. That's what I'm saying. The old version, there's no comment either. So I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but essentially. Oh, can you. Anyway, can you explain? The the Herod story. So you have Herod, of course, who John the Baptist is preaching out against him, against his authority, the fact that Herod married his sister in law which is non-biblical and and John saying, you know, God says that that's wrong and you have you know you've sinned and Herod doesn't care for that his sister-in-law cares for it less likely and so it shows her trying to like get mad at Herod and say what are you going to do about him but the crowd likes John the Baptist. Right. And so of course it gets to a point where the sister-in-law um Herodias she takes her daughter Salome and convinces her to dance for John in an enticing ma- manner. So this is the point I'm surprised that this was made into an episode for kids. I'm surprised that they took this story because it's a difficult story. I think uh, this is one if you have a younger kid, maybe like watch it with them or maybe skip it. I don't know. Because I will say this. I wrote in my notes, she she does very sexy dance. It's very weird. He's, as in the Bible, this is his niece- yeah, it's Herod's niece, and, and she's dancing he's for him. Basically, drooling over her. Yeah. Now she does. She's not like up on him. She's no. like twelve feet away. But she is. Her dress has changed yes. to be more scantily. Well, she's wearing like what a belly dancer would wear. Yes. Now there's a scene in Aladdin where Jasmine is pretending to be under the spell of Jafar. Yes. And it's not that much different. I I mention that because again, it's the Middle East. The clothing is very similar. Mm-hmm. There, she's got pants, but her midriff's showing. She's got a, a, a you know whatever the top is, yep. crop top, right? Yep. That kind of thing. Um. So it's not that much different from that, but then it is different from it and. 
it was um, maybe too much for kids. But at the same point, they're trying to show through this series really every story from the Bible. And they're they're not afraid to cut. They had another episode and, on Revelation that we did not yeah, watch. And they stick to this. I mean, when he yeah. promises her because he likes her dance so much that he'll give her anything she wants. And she asked for John the Baptist's head. I really, that was left right in. I really thought that she would just say, I want John the Baptist dead, and she didn't. Yeah, no, she, she, didn't. she asked for it. Well, again, they have the characters saying things that are directly yeah. from the Bible verses. And, and, so. a, and then, of course, you have the kids who try to go save John, and they don't get their time, and then Superbook pulls them out of the story because the point was that they kind of learned... Well, I'm glad we didn't see John the Baptist. Right, head. they learned you know <laughs> what they needed to from John. Yeah, but this was really well done cinematography and editing wise. Again, that wasn't in the original, but was here. Was as you see John being pulled away to be executed, which you know is going to happen. It does flashbacks of John yes. preaching, his baptizing, yes. of all these things he's done, and it almost was a little bit of a tearjerker. Like it really even was. as I'm watching it, I was like. You know, it hits you emotionally to kind of put that point of what's yeah. being lost. And they say, John told the truth no matter what the consequences. And because of this, when they're brought back into the modern time, Chris has the courage to be able to talk to his friend and to say, you know, he returns the headset and the friend's like, oh, did you love the games on there? And he was like, well, they were illegal and I can't. He was like, I deleted them. I deleted them. Yeah. And the kid's like, you didn't have a right to do that. And he's like, look, you stole games. So yeah. he calls his friend out and he says, I'd like to be your friend. I can't be your friend or your game partner if you're going to do stuff like this. Mm. The friend then says, hey, wait, at least I got all the games before everybody else. And slams the door. And slams the door. I now, liked that. Because really it wasn't, it. it was realistic. Not all the time Fair. is a kid going to go, you're right, let's be buddies. Yes. He was. He didn't understand it. He was like, heck with you. And there's not a pat, there's not a pat ending like there is yeah. in a lot of kids shows. And I've said this before, I don't like shows for kids that treat kids like idiots. Yeah. This doesn't. And she, so then they have this conversation with Joy and she says, no wonder John the Baptist shouted so loud. Kind of yeah, indicating, should we say, but she's kind of indicating, should we shout at him or yell at him for doing yeah. that? And Chris says, no, let's just let him figure it out for himself this yeah. time. So they give the, that kid space, too, to sit with it mm -hmm. and to maybe think about the consequences of his actions. And maybe later, he and Chris, do. he says to Chris, you know what? I was wrong. Let's be friends. Maybe yeah. he doesn't. We don't know. But it doesn't have to be a complete happy ending tied up in a little bow. But also, it's, you know, to me, when she says, no wonder John had to, pre had to, had to shout so loud. Yeah. It points out, you know, because some people just don't want to hear it. Right. And it also shows people haven't changed. Yes, that's People true. People are still the same sinners that they were back then. Which is, again, showing that this is necessary. Oh, within this, too, I, I forgot to mention, at one point... They, they say, why was John dunking people into the water? 
And Gizmo's screen goes and he goes, oh, that's called baptism. And he has this very simple explanation of what baptism is for kids who have never heard of it before. That it's a sign that you are changing and that you are um, becoming a a person who wants to follow God and to Mm -hmm. repent of your sins, that kind of thing. So I thought that that was nice, too. So there's a lot. Man, this was crammed in for 24 minutes. It was crammed in with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So let's get to the rating. Let's get Out to the rating. Out of 10 eggs. Okay. Do you want to rate first or do you want me to rate first? I want to rate first and I apologize for anybody our dog hates that we're talking to you and not her. And so if you hear any whining in the background, that's not the mic. That's Lu- the dog. Lucy doesn't get to rate. Mainly Lucy. because she slept through Superbook and she also because she can't count. Right. That, that's true. Um, so I, I think um, for me... The question, did this hold up? It really did. It's very close to what I remember. I didn't have, you know, rose-colored glasses on. I think, um, you know, the kids annoyed me a tiny bit, but I would let a kid watch the, you know, we're talking about the 80s one now. Mm -hmm. Um, I let a kid watch this. I mean, kind of obviously, (laughs) you know. Well, that's a good question, though, too. Are we rating just the 80s ones, or are we rating Superbooks a whole? Because I feel like... The reboot here is almost as important because the original was two seasons. The reboot's five. I like the reboot. It's almost been around well, more than I the original. Well, I would give the reboot like a 10 out of 10. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> let's let's clump this together as Superbook, the right. entire uh, seven seasons. Oh, man. Okay, now I have to rethink. I was going to give two separate ratings. So, okay, if we look at Superbook as one series because animation kids can watch at any time, for me... This is, wow, this is the second time I've given one of the, nine out of ten, I think. it You know, there's a few little things here and there that um, I think could be improved. The John the Baptist, maybe a little bit too violent for kids and too sexual for kids. The original, a little bit grating at times, but really small flaws. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the 700 Club, the way that they typically i don't know i i don't want to get into it but it's not my favorite thing but what they tried to do with this show with cbn and what they tried to do i think they did i think they did a great job and i enjoyed all three episodes so what's yours so taking this all into it now i I probably would have been a little bit lower if it was just the originals yeah definitely but the, the the reboot like i said i'm a huge fan of um, but again, like you just said too, whether it's the original or the reboot, I felt like the mission of the show, the feel of the show stayed the same. Yeah. So the reboot wasn't a completely different thing. No. It was still the same pur- purpose mm-hmm. and it was still achieving the same goals, kept the same characters, which I liked. Um, Had Bible verses yeah. that were read. Now, maybe exactly I'm a little bit biased because I'm a pastor, but I really. This is something that I feel holds up. Like, I never watched as a kid, but... I, I mean, I could see myself watching the reboot CGI versions again. Like, yeah. I, I'm kind of... Like, I'm interested in being like, well, I wonder what that revelation was about, right? Yeah. I wonder... Like, I could see myself doing that. I definitely could see myself 
watching this with kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and even though, I, to be honest, I think I would be comfortable with the CGI versions watching it with kids. Yeah. And answering questions if they had it. I think it's a great introduction to some biblical stories. Mm-hmm. Maybe you show some of the originals when they're younger. Yeah. And then you watch some of the other ones as they get a little older with them yeah um but i i would definitely be to be honest i mean and, and i've seen some veggie tales and things like that i liked this better than veggie tales veggie tales is hit or miss because i really thought this was very close to the source material yeah it was, um, it was. in a way that it's applicable applicable to kids again that's the intention yeah right veggie tales is more of like a soft introduction where they're doing for the most part parodies of biblical stories yeah. so that it's fun for kids and yep. then you could read the real story later but this is really like i said especially the cgi so i have to go so in. i'm gonna have to go with nine eggs all right yeah. nine i i really liked it yeah i think okay. i'm gonna go with nine eggs gonna- so that means we're t- well, that means we agreed. We agreed. We don't have to cut an egg in half. <laughs> we don't have to cut an egg in half. So it was. Oh, we had two good. We had a good snack. Mm-hmm. Four. Four and a half. Four and a half eggs. eggs out of five for the Russell Stover's chocolate bunny, and nine out of ten for Superbook. Who would have thought? I I have to tell you, I'm very surprised. I did not expect this to hold up. I expected to really find the find that way more annoying and i i i think maybe maybe that was flying house now that mm-hmm. i'm thinking of it but i definitely recommend this we're going to link it on our blog watch with us if you have kids i know some of you listening do and you have kids around that age honestly for the cgi version even older um shout out to sarah and maddie i think you guys would like this specifically and um that wraps it up for our second bonus episode. Uh, so yes. we are in the middle of a viewing cycle. We, before this, talked about Alvin and the Chipmunks. Next week, we're going to cover the A-Team. And then after that, we will do Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. the original. Not the reboot, because we know how some people in this room feel about reboots. <laughs> so that's it for us, everybody. Happy Easter. Have a happy Easter, everybody. Go <laughs> to church. Go to church. Um, eat some chocolate, but also go to church. Enjoy Easter and have a fun time um, with your family, but also remembering the reason for the season. Yes. That's it. I'm Steve. I'm Megan. And we will see you next week.